We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. In the 2022 NFL Draft, the Detroit Lions select Aiden Hutchison, defensive end, Michigan. Jared Goff winds up. Touchdown, Detroit. Josh Reynolds. Comes the blitz. Down the middle and on the fly. Jamison Williams, extra speed on the gas and gone. Touchdown. Yo, what is going on guys? Welcome back to the Pride Podcast episode 280 on the Blue Wire Network. I am your host Tyler, joined by my two guys, as always, Mr. Malcolm Hart, Pierre, boys, last victory, I'm not going to lie to you guys, actually we're recording on Monday because the National Championship was on Monday, last victory podcast for a while. How are we feeling? Feeling good, Tyler. Feeling great. Feeling great because beginning of the year, I said seven and seven to nine wins and ceiling could be 11. I was right. So it feels good to be right. You know, honestly, all jokes aside, I loved what they did this year. One and six. We're like, oh, shit, our season's over. Tyler was checking out. I was almost checking out. Malcolm still believed. But, man, they turned it around. They went eight and two. I've never seen anything like this. And now we're legit. You got to play the fucking Lions. You got to respect the Lions. We're no more same old Lions. The Lions suck, blah, blah. That's over with. You got, like, we're a tough-ass team. Teams see us. Like, they better strap up and play their play hard football because Dan Campbell seems always going to play hard. So I'm really excited about the future, and I'm, I'm excited about this offseason, how they improve the team. Malcolm, what's up, bro? Woo! What is going on, man? Yo, victory Monday or Tuesday or whatever day it is today. We're still celebrating because this is the last game of the season, and I think we have the right to celebrate. I mean, what a what a win that was. What a way to go out. I'm proud of my boys. Couldn't be couldn't be prouder. Um, they did exactly what I wanted them to do. And you know what? Successful season. That's all I gotta say. Yeah, I mean, we obviously didn't get to the goal of making the playoffs. And that would have been great, right? To make the playoffs. The Rams crushed our soul uh, of not letting that happen, but it is what it is. Like Malcolm said, it is a successful season at the end of the day. 
And I think all Lions fans could rejoice and agree here that this is the most optimistic you probably have ever been as a fan in a very long time or maybe even ever. I have people telling me that like SO like you know that SOL crowd. I have people coming to me now that were saying those stuff to me saying, "Tyler, those lines are going to be good next year. Those lines are going to win the division next year. The lines can win a playoff game next year. The, the, they could be more than that next year." Like I have people like that that shit on me every year saying, oh, you're so optimistic. Why are you still believing this team? Why do you watch team? But now they're coming to me and saying, hey, Tyler, I think this team is going to be freaking good. This is the first time I've ever said that. And it feels good, man. Yo, Tyler, I, I can't lie, man. Me too. <laughs> this is crazy. My DMs are being filled. All the people that used to talk shit and laugh about my Lions, no matter what year it was, they'll just laugh. We're like, oh, you got to steal the SOL. And now they're like, oh, yo. You guys are legit, man. Uh, you know, you guys are coming next year. Next year, like they, 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 they need to, they need to watch out for your lines, man. And I say, you know what, you're right, man. I mean, I think it's the coaching staff and everything, but man, you, just like what you said, man. All those people that were laughing at me, man, were in my DMs and saying how much they, what, what they see about this team. Uh, same. They're they're one and six. Same old Lions. They suck. Dan Campbell's not gonna do shit here. Brad Holmes is awful. Blah blah blah. I'm like, just relax. It's year two of a rebuild. Be patient. Like, what patient? We've been rebuilding since, well, what's that fuck, 91, they say, whatever the fuck they always say. I hate that word. It actually pisses me off. 1957. I'm like, all right, bro. Like, when we're good next year, like, don't. And now they start winning. Like, damn, bro, you were right. Damn, Pierre, like, you were right. I was like, try telling you, man. Now I'm telling people we're taking over the NFC next year, and they're all laughing. I'm just like, all right, yeah. just wait and see. Yeah. And my, my dad, my dad comes to laugh about that. No, yeah, no, my, my dad. We were working today, and he comes up to me in the morning. He goes, Tyler, this is the first time I ever said this to you. <laughs> he goes, I think the Lions are going to be really good. He goes, I don't want to hear any more of that rebuilding bullshit you tell me for every other team. Yeah. He goes, I, he goes, I swear to God, if you tell me this is a rebuilding year, he goes, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be done. He goes, there, there, there's no way you rebuild after the end of that year. He goes. They're going to be good next year. I don't care what you say. He says they're going to be good. I said, Bob's, there is no rebuilding anymore. This is the building phase at this point. Yeah. I think they went out the best way possible. I mean, without a, you know, championship. And I kind of look at this kind of similar to college football. You know, college football and NFL, they're very different. And NFL, at the end of the day, there's only really one team that is, is a champion. There's only one team. But in college football, you have teams that don't even get to go to the playoffs, but they have their bowl games. And they're excited about winning their conference and winning their bowl games. I look at this Lions game, this this Packers game, very similar to a bowl game. I think that was our bowl game. We didn't get to go to the playoffs. We didn't go to championships, but that was our bowl game. And what Detroit did is they won their bowl game. And that's that's the way I look at it. And I'm pretty sure that's a good way that all the fans should look at it. Um, because, yeah, I mean, I think we went out in a very special way. I think the way we went out this year is probably even better than, you know, even though we wanted to go to the playoffs. If you don't went to the playoffs and lost, you know, round one, I think being the Packers right now and having this, what we have right now, is still it would be better than that, to be honest with you. Um, so I'm just, I mean, I'm, I'm excited for the future, man. Yeah, and then also, like, they went 5-1 and one in their division, right? And obviously, that first loss, I mean, Campbell said it was on him. So, that that was huge. 5-1 and one in your division. When is the last time they went 5-1 in their division, bro? Like, fuck. 
That's a good question. I probably should have done that look up before that research, but whatever. It doesn't matter. It's been a minute. Who who cares about the history at this point? Like this, I'm so done with Lions history at this point. It's all about the present right now. It is all about what is going on right now. It's not even the future. Like I know, like future, which I mean, I know what you mean, like twenty three. But like, yeah, like yeah, yeah. yeah, But you know what I mean? Like we're not talking futures down years the line. Like it's all about right now. This is the present. This is the time where you are going to start building to become a winner. And this is the biggest off season ever for the Detroit Lions. And I think the most confidence we've had ever. With all the resources and all the capital they have this offseason, it's going to be a very fascinating offseason to say the least. Yeah, I just want to put something out there. They have like, I think, what is it, four picks in the first two rounds, right? Yeah, four picks and it's looking like the top 60. I don't think they're going to use all four of those picks. That's a bold prediction. I don't know if it's bold or not. That's just a prediction I'm putting it out right now. I don't think they're going to use all four of those picks. What do you think they're going to do? I think they're either going to trade. Me and Pierre were talking about it yesterday. (laughs) I think they're going to either trade up for a stud, like from six to maybe like two or three for Jalen Carter, for example, if he's available. Or they're going to trade for a veteran guy. Like, you never know. DeForest Buckner could be available. You know, the Colts need picks for a quarterback. You send up picks. You get Buckner. You know, I mean, Buckner is a beast. One of the best interior defense linemen in the league. So, I'm just saying, you know, you never know. I know know the Rams have a good chemistry with Brad Holmes. I know they need picks. And they have yeah, someone some, who could be some, available. They have some players on their defensive side that could be that could be very helpful to for the Detroit Lions. I know a guy who won, who basically won the game for the Rams, but Baker Mayfield lost for them. Jalen Ramsey could be available, maybe. Hmm. Number I don't five. know. Number five. We'll see. I mean, I don't. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how they handle it, man. That's gonna be very interesting. I, I, I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind they go out after a stud veteran um, and, and trade a pick to. You know why I know, think that Malcolm to too. My bad. You know why I think that. Because last year, they tried to trade for Debo Samuel. That didn't go through. They needed a receiver really bad. So what they did is they traded up for J-Mo. Now they need defensive players really bad. Honestly, it doesn't matter. Like I would say defensive linemen or secondary. I think the linebackers are fine with the way they view them. Um, so I would if they could target like a stud star player, like a guy who's a true difference maker, man, I mean, it, it would be nice, bro. That would be a dream come true for sure. It would be uh, sick. I personally would say if they could, if they could target a stud corner. That's already proven. Interior corner. Interior defensive lineman or corner. That's how I feel too, you honestly. You know what? With our interior now, I'm not that that shaky about it anymore. I, I, I still do believe we still need a star there. But I, I think the cornerback position is just, just so depleted right now. I think we just have to get a guy. For sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. you got to get two guys probably this offseason. But like, we'll, we'll talk about that all Later down the line, let's, let's focus on this Lions Packers game. Prediction I want to put out. Well, there. but I like, I love it. No, we're gonna talk a lot of offseason. Ooh, we're gonna have sure. a bunch of the, we're gonna have a bunch of these predictions all oh, offseason. So if you guys like this talk, guys, we have months of content of this type of stuff coming up. So we're gonna focus on the Packers because it is the last game of the year, and then you know this little five minute conversation we just had. There's gonna be plenty of that. Hey, Prior Podcast listeners. It's your boy Malcolm here, and if you're a sports better like me, let me tell you about Odds Traders. Odds Traders is a place to compare all odds from all major sports books. You can also compare the different sign-up codes and promotional codes from different sports books to get the best deal. This app also provides player stats, key game stats, injury reports, projected game day weather, so the betters can make the most informed bets as possible. 
This app also has bet trackers so bettors can keep records of all their games and betting activity. Looking to maximize your bets? Go to oddstrader.com slash bluewire. Again, that's O-D-D-S-T-R-A-D-E-R.com slash bluewire. Odds Traders, the number one site for your game day bets. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I want to ask you guys a big question, though, regarding this Lions-Packers game, because for me, the answer, I think, is yes. Is this the best win you've ever seen from the Detroit Lions. And I know the older crowd of people are going to say they saw 1991. They saw a playoff win. And I'm not going to disregard you there. You saw a fucking playoff win for the Lions. So I understand if that's your answer. But for people my age, people for Pierre's age, people that didn't see that playoff game, is this the best win for the Detroit Lions ever? No. No. What's I don't even the, think it's what, the best win this year. I think the best win this year was Jacksonville. They fucking raped them. No, no, take out that. I'm saying meaning and context. You got to put all that. Not just the way they played, but just winning. Was this the best win? No. No. What's your counter? I mean, I, I, I thought they were they were gonna win this game. Like I wasn't like think, oh, like they're gonna lose this game. I really had like confidence they were gonna win this game. Yeah. Um I didn't see it like as like we're kind of like underdogs. I know the world did, but like when when you look at the matchups and stuff. I thought we had a really good chance to win this game. I mean, they won, and I expected to win. I don't think it was like it was a like one of their best wins. No. So what's your counter? What's the best one you think, or at least <laughs> what's something better than this? I guess something the better win than this. Um, I don't know, dude. There's a lot of them. I mean, if you want to say Jacksonville, like you said. Are you talking I mean, about like this year? <laughs> or just like, in general, ever, ever. I think this is the best win I've ever seen from the Detroit Lions. Um, The best one I've ever, I ever seen personally as the Lions is like the Lions were down like by 21 points or something at home to Dallas. And then like towards the end of the game, Stafford just sneaks it in. Okay, that's so one of my you're, favorite you're talking wins. about Riley. Okay, so that, that's the best one. Okay. 
Malcolm, Mets, what about one you? of the best wins. Um, yeah, pro- and the one where they clinched the Chargers. They beat the Chargers. They went to the playoffs. I was so happy about that. Yeah, Christmas Eve. Yep. Yeah. What about you, Malcolm? How do you answer that question? I I mean, to be honest with you, man, I I, I actually agree with you, man. As far as most impressive win with um the spotlight on us and team have nothing nothing to play for but pride. Yeah, I mean, I would have to say, man. Yeah, this is this is. I would call this like the biggest turning point game because this is like the this is going to be the game that everybody's going to look back as as when Detroit turned the corner from being that that laughing team, the the laughing stock team, to one of the elites. And when I'm talking about elites, like you know, we seen the Bills at one point when the Bills were like the laughing. When they were they were terrible. Bills are terrible at one point. Um, this was before Josh Allen. This is, I think, right right before. The what's the name? Ty Tyler Tyrod Taylor. Ty was Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah, Ryan Fitzpatrick area. So that's when they were terrible. Um, but then they they turn they turn the corner and then now they're elite. They're one of the elite teams in the NFL. And I think this game is gonna be that that turning point where everybody's gonna look back at and this is gonna be the game that Detroit turns a corner and and can become one of those elite teams. I actually made a tweet today that it's kinda interesting. <laughs> I made a tweet today saying that um, you know, if the Lions could somehow get this defense to the top 10. Like if they could fix this defense, add pieces, get the right guys in and have that impact to have it on offense and have it on defense. And now you have both sides playing at a top 10 level. I mean, now at that point, we're, we're going from playoff contenders to now Super Bowl contenders, which is, I mean, that, 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 that's, that puts you in that elite category. So yeah, as far as uh, games, uh, yeah, this is. I think this is the biggest turning point game for the, the Detroit Lions. All right, Tyler. My question: Do you say like turning point game? We're we talking about like the biggest game and like. I'm just saying the best win because this is a win I look at kind of like Malcolm said. This is the fairy book. This is where the chapter starts. This is where the book starts. It all started week 18 at Lambeau Field. I know you want to mention the winning streak beforehand. That was beautiful. But no one gave you credit at that time. I think it started when they beat Green Bay at home. That's when they yeah. started. That's, that's, when, like, that, that, that's when we that's when we kind of noticed it, and uh, we were giving them a chance. I, I, and even when we beat Green Bay, I don't even think I think it was not just the Giants game was where I really started to turn yeah, around with this team. Because when we beat Green Bay, we were three and three and six. We were one, we were one. You were six. one and six, and then we, we were two and six, six after. We were one and six. Okay, so even there, then I mean, everybody was still out of it. But yeah, I mean, this Green Bay game here, I think it took a national standpoint. Like the na- this is something national. This is something that everybody saw, and everybody took notice, and everybody is like, "Oh shit!" So <laughs> you're talking about from like a, no, no. So you're talking about from a national perspective, Father, or like our perspective? I'm just, I'm just saying yeah. the best win, best win. I think this is the best win from the Lions. Like this was a game that I think the Lions usually lose. I really do. Packers win or go home, or I mean, a win and you're in on Sunday Night Football under the bright lights. That's a game that usually the Lions lose and the Packers win, nah. and, the, and, and that's what I'm saying. This is the best win I've ever seen from the Lions. Any team in the past, the Lions lose that game, hundred percent. So, so Pierre, I mean, when, when I did Pierre, I kind of factored in everything. So you you, you factor in, uh, you know, the, the national stage. You factor in the bright lights. You factor in that the Lions had absolutely nothing to play for. They were eliminated probably like less than an hour before kickoff. They were eliminated, and. Uh, for them to not have any show any emotion for that and to still go out there and give it a thousand percent. I mean, he's got factor in everything. Uh, okay, I, that's fair. I mean, when team. you factor everything in, 
you know, the, the Packers had everything to 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 go to win, and we had every we had nothing to play for. That's what I factored in. That's fair. I mean, like when you factor all those in, yeah, I would say it's the most impressive one. But in general, bro, I feel like. I mean, the Jacksonville Jaguars were in the playoffs and you knocked them out. And, like, they're ranked on, like, I think pro football talk. Like, the Lions were seven. I think the Jags were eight on their power rankings. And they destroyed them, bro. They ran them out of the gym, basically. Like I don't believe a power rankings anymore because they still have the – Not, not, not necessarily power rankings, but, they like, bro. I mean, Vikings are, like, the top five. Like, why? I mean, not, not like, just forget that. It's just the way they played them, man, and the way they – because we came in the week saying these two teams are similar. It's going to be a close game. They destroyed them. They did. So that, to me, in my opinion, is the most impressive win this year because no one expected a blowout like that. Uh, we didn't expect that to happen, and they just—I don't know—you you guys saw the results. What was it like, forty-one to fourteen or something like that? Yeah, it was. It was bad. It was really bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they killed them. I mean, and that's a good team, like you said, in Jacksonville. And we actually—we probably woke them up after that game. They've been really good since that they Detroit did. game, but. I don't know. I just think this was the best win I've ever seen from the Lions because this is usually just a game we lose in the past. Like, with everything factored in, every coach we've had, this is a game we usually lose. And that game truly felt different afterwards. Like, that felt like the brand new Lions. I know we've been saying it, but that was officially the start of the brand new Lions being introduced to everybody nationwide. Yeah, it was, man. And I think it was just more impressive, man. And everybody's talking about it is that very last drive. That was the most impressive drive all season. Uh, That was the most impressive drive all season. And it was was trust. Yeah, man, I was going to say trust. A lot of trust in that that last drive. I think that was the most impressive thing. That lateral, that hook, what's it called? Hook lateral, whatever it's called. Hook and lateral. <laughs> that was, I was like, what? Just, I was like, oh shit, I'm in a, oh, so it just really comes out of nowhere. And I'm just like jumping, going crazy. Man, that that was, that's Ben Johnson's probably best play this year. Yeah. Well, along with the suit. I mean, that play was unreal. And then, and with the wrong play, ben, ben Johnson just earned his back at the end of the game. <laughs> yeah, and another play I liked. Is like that last play. They knew there were gonna be like some sort of zone defense. They didn't get cute or anything. They called their best one of their like most reliable receivers. Like during the game, Chark was feeling it during the game, right? All right, Chark, just stop. It's probably they're in this zone. Just do this. He did this. Boom, completion. Game's over. Was, like he used was, to get. It was nice. Simple. Yeah, it was. It was, man. I think it was the whole huddle up before that, and it showed um, Jared Goff with Dan Campbell and Ben Johnson in the huddle. And they were talking about what play they were gonna run, and it was just like it was just, like I, like I said earlier, trust. I felt like Dan Campbell went to went to Jared Goff and said, "End this shit. We're putting the ball in your hands. End this game." And yeah, you know, if you had told me if we were talking, if we would if they would did that like week five, we would have said, "What are they doing? <laughs> you know why, why why are you putting the ball in Goff's hands to end the game?" If you did, it was like what two yards? So how many yards was it? Was it three yards or two yards? It was fourth, fourth, fourth and, and one. two, and I fourth think and one, fourth, and one. fourth and one, fourth and two. Whatever it was short. So week yeah. five, week five. I would have said, why didn't? How come they don't just run the ball? You know, but it, they they told golf, look, we're putting the ball in your hands. End the game. And Campbell the, the, said, yeah, he said he wanted golf to end the game. Basically, like he said, we want we wanted the ball in golf's hands, yeah. and that I mean, if that doesn't tell you something that. They believe in golf, uh, obviously. So, 
that I mean, yeah. Yeah. And the offense too, it was it was an interesting game as far as if you're valuing the whole game. The first half was really rough, but I think we kind of expected that to a certain degree. We didn't expect a high-scoring shootout, I think, in Lambeau in this game. We knew defenses were going to show out. Green Bay's defense has definitely improved during the stretch of games where they started this winning streak. So I didn't expect the Lions to throw a 30-ball or 40-ball in this type of matchup just because everything factored in, what the Packers needed, and just the way that both defenses have been playing recently. I didn't really expect a, a super high-scoring game, but that second half, they, they just came out with the right philosophy, found ways to counter that Packers defense, and just found the right strategy to score points when it really mattered. And that's a big credit to Ben Johnson, big credit to Jared Goff, doing whatever it takes to win the football game, trusting your defense. And that was just overall a really good football game. And that's the type of games you see in the division. Those are the close division games you really expect most of the time when you got two pretty solid football teams. And Lions did it twice this year versus the Packers, overcame it both times in these close, gritty games, and won the football game. And that's all you ask for at the end of the day. doesn't care if it's pretty or ugly. They got the job done, and that's exactly what they did Sunday versus the Packers. Yeah, they're taking their identity of their head coach, literally. Like, we talk about Grace and State as a joke. They are literally taking his identity. No, they're not giving up. They're always fighting, playing hard. I mean, you love to see it, bro. Like, for example, this game was a means game to some people, right? Khalif Khalif Raymond broke his ribs during the game. When he caught that pass, he was playing with broken ribs. That deep pass from Jared Goff, heck of a throw, by the way. But, right, he, he caught it and... If it's a meals game, he wouldn't be playing. But these guys care, man. Uh, Deshaun Elliott was playing with a messed up shoulder, right? He's out there. DeAndre Swift is playing with a fucked up ankle and a fucked up, uh, what do you call it? Shoulder. Thank you. He's playing. Like these guys, if it's a meals game, they don't even play. But this was. We got to mention Frank Ragnar really quickly. The guy is all year. And he's probably going to have surgery this offseason. And that dude is a freaking dog, man. I love Frank Ragnow. Yeah, he's the definition of grit, right? Like, all these guys, Elliot, Raymond, who broke his ribs during the game and decided to play, bro. He could be like, you know what? This season's almost over. Let me just rest my shoulder. It's not worth it. He was out there. He caught that pass with broken ribs, bro. Your broken ribs are very, very painful. And he played through that. Um. I don't know, man. I just give credit. Like I said, they're taking identity of their head coach, and I give credit to this coaching staff, the way that they have these players wired. It's 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 really amazing. I mean, it's – I don't know how to explain it, bro. I really don't. Like, just the grit. It's literally grit. You talk about grit, you look up grit in the dictionary, it should have Detroit Lions next to it. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll agree with you, man. Uh, what you talking about, man, just now? That was, that was – um. That was that was a lot as far as like the injuries and the guys who battled and even though they were hurt, banged up, they still played because of the final game. Which kind of brings my question to one per, one player who was injured, got injured on Friday, and did not play. What was his injury? Does anybody know what his injury was? And yeah, why- he's, he suffered an elbow injury in practice. Uh, he was questionable going into the game, and they didn't clear him. Mention who you guys are talking about. Uh, Jeff Okuda. Jeff Okuda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People don't know what we're talking about. I mean, you got to yeah. just make it clear. Yeah. Just make it clear. Because, because like, you're talking about broken ribs. He's clear to play. 
Frank Frank Ragnall's injured all year. He's scared to play. But Jeff Okuda has an elbow injury where he, he did practice Friday. He was limited, but he's not cleared to actually play. He got injured in practice. Yeah, injured in practice. He got injured Friday in practice. Saturdays they had a walkthrough. I think that's what they do on Saturdays, and I don't I don't think uh, they cleared him to play. I mean, he was questionable going into the week. They didn't say doubtful, so they, he was probably going to be a game-time decision, and they, they didn't go with him. Um, so, and But Raymond broke his ribs during the game. I get you. But Frank, yeah. but thing, even, even Frank right now, he's hurt, banged up, or he's a broken toe, he just needs surgery. What, what, what's going on with Frank? This is the thing right now. It, Are you saying Jeff Okuda is not one of these guys? You don't no, look at him I'm as a I'm guy? not saying that. I'm not I think you're saying, right if that's what you are no, saying. I'm not saying that. I don't what think I'm, he's a Dan Campbell guy. No, no. What I'm trying to question, what I'm trying to question is did they use this as an excuse to bench the brother? <laughs> to keep no. Him? Because. You look at it this way. This is the very last game. Is Was Jeff Kuhl's injury that bad that he'd rather be inactive and miss this game? Because, yeah, players who said, like Deshaun Elliott, injured, hurt. He said, there's no way hell I'm missing this last game. Yeah, but other players saying, I don't, yeah, I'm here. I'm, I'm, I'm not missing this goddamn game. If Jeff Kuhl was the clear starter, would Jeff Kuhl still have missed this game? Would this yeah, because... He what, missed the Buffalo game. He missed the Buffalo game, right? Well, that was – he know, had to. I know it was the, a protocol. I, I know the Buffalo game, but this is the last game of the season. He, he was hurt, Malcolm. He was legitimately injured. Like Campbell said, he was hurt. They did not bench him. I think Malcolm's on to something. No, no, no. no. What I'm saying I is – I think you're on to something. Did they use that as an excuse to bench him, to, to not play him? Because, I think you're on to Because if you look at it this way, if they decided to go with Mike Hughes – the questions from media, oh, we, oh, why was Jeff? Why was Jeff not playing? What are you doing with Jeff? What's the question on Jeff? Where is Jeff? Do you have to hear that from the media the whole week? No, but we knew, like, Campbell said he got hurt on Friday. He like, he was on the injury report. I know, I'm not saying he didn't get hurt. They didn't question it. No, no, the didn't question it. He no, was injured. I, 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 know that he, I know he got hurt. But did they keep, like, say if he got hurt, but he was still able to play. So he was, he was able to play, but they said, look, we're just going to keep you out. We're going to have you inactive. We're going to say it was injury. Because you got to think about it. How many players, I mean, unless he's really unable to play, missed the very last game of the season? Especially with all this on the line. You saw how the players are when going that, on that prime time to miss your only shot at primetime TV. I, how many, I mean, how, like, was he really that injured that he could not play? I actually think like he a, was, Malcolm, because thing. I think he was because they elevated a corner late on Saturday, too. Yeah, like, they probably well, had a decision they, not to play him since Saturday. He was hurt. He couldn't go. No, I, I just don't think Jeff Okuda is a Dan Campbell guy. I, I don't think I disagree with that because I actually disagree with that. Why do you think he's a Dan Campbell guy? Guys, he's in the doghouse right now. He's clearly in the doghouse. He's gone bench the last month. I mean... He's not, in, you know, high standards right now with the coaching staff. I think that's fair to say. I don't think he's a Dan Campbell. I don't think he's a long-term player right now for this football team with this coaching staff. Well, Brad Holmes basically said they viewed him as a, as a rookie year for him, and rookies go with ups and downs in, in a season. I mean, and he's he not going to throw him but, under the bus in front of the media. But, that's, like, he would have he would have said that, like, Jeff needs to – I mean, he acknowledged that Jeff obviously needs to be better, and he said he will be better, but – um, if he's here. He also said he said they viewed this. He's going to be here next year. The way you should see the way Brad talked about in this presser. Um, 
he said like this is rookie we expected these ups and downs with him like with any rookie corner you're gonna expect these up and downs with rookie corners they viewed it as a rookie year for him and he's been through a lot this year too coming off a torn achilles had a concussion then got okay. sick then fucked same up his elbow heard, the same excuse i heard it's you not ex- i mean it is, right? excuses. Yeah, 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 it is excuses it is excuses three all right excuses let's see how he plays next year okay why don't we say this about <laughs> Jer- why, why don't we say this about jerry jacobs why, why don't we say this about jerry jacobs because players develop at a different rate not everyone's the same like we saw darius slay he was benched his rookie year like multiple times, right? Yeah, he okay, was and then when, and then when it, it, it didn't take him to week year four. <laughs> but but Malcolm, like he didn't really play his first year, and last year he ruptures Achilles. This basically was like his first year. I told you guys that you guys have his excuses, but Brad said that too. No, but this, the thing is, I I would get you, but Jerry Jacobs going into this year had less snaps than Jeff Okuda. He comes in, you. he just needed two games to get the, the dust to rust off. And he's right back to seatbelt locking Jerry Jerry Jacobs. I mean, I don't think I just don't think he's a Dan Campbell guy. And I, I, we'll I don't, see. I, 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 mean, I, don't I disagree feel, with that, but we'll see. So you give him a fifth year option in this offseason? No, you decline that. You let him play it out. See what happens. So you're not confident in him. I am. No, you know how much a fifth year option is for a first round pick? Why would you accept that? If it's you're fully confident in the player, also. you think he's a good player, you give him the fifth year option. No, you, he had to show. He has to show it. You decline so it, he's and you'll be motivated right to now. show it. So, yeah. So you want to prove it, deal. But I don't. I wouldn't say he's not a Dan Campbell guy. You don't accept that. No one I, would accept that. I don't know. I think he'll be here probably next year on camp. And if he doesn't win a job, I could see him being traded or maybe even being cut next year. I wouldn't be completely shocked. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm, I, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> I mean, it's possible. I mean. For what his standard is and what his expectations are, he hasn't meet he hasn't met his expectations. Not even near. I mean, I mean, be honest. I mean, just be honest. I get it. Bad situation when we drafted him, but when we did draft him, say on draft night, tell me did not have the expectation that he's going to play like Sauce Gardner is right now, his first year or his second year. I, I don't. I don't even need Sauce Gardner. I don't need him to be a top corner. I want him to just be a starting corner. I think there's been better corners this team than him. I think Mike Hughes has played better than him this year. He's yeah, shown I mean, me more. Of course, of course, Mike Hughes been better. Mike Hughes. And Jerry Daniel. Jacobs has they, showed me they, more they, than they, him. The only people that have been worse than Jeff is Amani. Amani and, uh, and we could even debate. And Amani is not going to be here next year, so we he's not even, a Dan Campbell we guy. Can even debate Will Harris. I mean, they've been as equally. I think Will Harris has shown more than Jeff Okuda. Hot take. <laughs> that is a hot take. I, I'll say they're equal. Maybe sure. That's, we not, that's say, not a good thing. I mean, maybe we should save this talk for the offseason. Well, I'm just saying like if, if he was really good to – I mean, he plays that game on Sunday. He plays that game on Sunday. That, that, that's where I was getting to with that as far as was he that hurt that he – Completely could not go for a prime time, very last game of the of the year. You know, a lot of players like they get they get hurt. They'll take some. They'll you know they'll get, get the IV and shoot up and go out there and play. You know, for one last game. I mean, they're like, oh, shoot, it's prime time. I ain't missing this game, and they'll go out, go out and play. That's why I saw a shock that he got hurt the very last day of practice. It's questionable, and then is inactive. I mean, that, 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 that's the whole thing that kind of like it tells me this. It, it tells me the story because the good the players that want to play for their coach or their coach has trust in 
they played through anything. Listen to Glover Quinn. Just listen to Glover Quinn and when we had him on the pod, play through multiple injuries that we never heard about because he has that trust from the coaching staff and the coaching staff has that trust in him. I don't think that staff has the trust in him when he's injured that they're not going to play him. Yeah, like, that's, that's what I was getting to. Like, if he was the number one corner of your team. That's what I'm saying. He's not that guy. I think he's not missing that game. He's not missing that game. There's, exactly. no way, there's no way he's missing that game. Unless no. he tore his ACL or something no. very significant happened. But if he's questionable, no, absolutely not. I mean, we don't really know, though. Like, you can't just assume, like, oh, he's not playing. Because he was hurt, guys. He literally was not cleared to play. That's what Campbell said. Like, I don't think they're bullshitting this. If they were, like, the players would have came out and said, like, you can't. Joe Fakuda would have said some shit. He's actually hurt. He couldn't go. I'm, I'm not. What did he say? Did he say anything? I'm or saying he would have said something if, like, they just benched him and they, they didn't play him or something. Like, he probably would have shown displeasure or something. It's, he actually couldn't go. He couldn't it's, play. It's it's not that I don't believe that he didn't get hurt or he, he couldn't play, but I think there's guys going through the same pain as him, we'll say, at the at – the, at, But at we don't know – like, you can't assume that. We don't know the severity of his injury. We don't know we nothing. Can't. And it happened on Friday. It didn't happen on Wednesday. It happened on Friday – uh, and in practice happened in practice. We can't just assume something. Like I don't think that's but, fair but to a chap. That, that's, that's what I'm trying to say. Like what was it? Did he break his elbow? We don't know. We don't know. No, he clearly did not break his elbow. He would have been placed on injury reserve if he broke his elbow. So, what? He got hit in the elbow? Like what? Malcolm, we don't we don't know what happened, bro. We didn't see it's, it happened during practice. We don't, don't have know. access to that. I, I just think there's a lot of guys that were going through injuries and they. The, the staff I trust. But if a player play. gets hurt on Friday during practice and they're hurt, limited on that, hurt like, and injured they get injured minutes. in practice. They get injured in practice. Most likely, they're probably not going to play on Sunday. A player gets injured in practice on Friday. Yeah, I mean, if, if he if if he seriously got injured, where he is physically unable to play, that's that's what of, they said, of, and it's out of his control. Yeah, then then, then, uh, then I get it. Okay, but uh, and I get they're not going to say. Yeah, uh, we held him out because, you know, they're not going to say that. Yeah, they're not going to go out and say that we they held him out. Yeah. Do you really know. think? Do you really think they think Jaron Williams is better than Jeff Okuda? Like, bro, he was actually hurt. It's, exactly. It's, Who? It's not that. No, just, just play that. He, that guy, he, they put him out there to play Gunner. But I mean, would you, to avoid the questions of why is Jeff starting? Why is Jeff benched? No, you always have your best players out there, in my opinion. Yeah, he wasn't probably wasn't going to play. He's better than Jaron Williams, bro. What the fuck did, is Jaron Williams? Did Jaron Williams get any de- uh, uh, defensive snaps? Yes, uh, no. on Sunday. No, I don't know, but he's a better player than him. You always have your best players on the field. That's no, he, he had him out there for special teams. I mean, but you got to look at it this way to avoid questions of why isn't Jeff Okuda on the field? You just inact- inactivate him and say he got hurt in practice on Friday, which he did. Not a lie, he did get hurt on practice. But was he that hurt that he couldn't play? That, that's I, that's what I'm getting to. I think you're overthinking. I think you guys are overthinking. Would you guys be sho- Would you guys be shocked if they move on from Jeff Okuda in May? Yes. Did you see how Brad talked about him today? I would not be shocked by by the end of dress right. that he's not here. <laughs> you said you said May. When by May, the, yeah. By May. So I that's mean, after the draft and free agency. Would you be shocked? Would I be shocked? I'm not saying like you're expecting, but would you, you be know, shocked? You know, the way I think they view Jeff. It's like they look at him as a player that they really want to work out. They want, they really want him to work out. I mean, that's why he, he, he I don't think he really competed with anybody last year to get the starting job. He just got it. Who did he compete with? With Will Harris. With yeah. Will Harris. 
I mean, man, just shit. It sounded like it was close at some points. <laughs> I mean, Will Harris. I mean, that that just shows you. And those are probably the Will Harris. As far as coverage wise, they're not good. Okay, so I I don't know. I think they just really want him to work out, but is it? I mean, I don't. It's tough. It, 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 the whole Jeff situation is tough. I, I mean, if, if he works out, man, kudos to him, man, for getting his shit together and, and, and working out. But, man, I think, you know, honestly, man, you know, I know a lot of people talk about Jared Goff in the beginning of the season, but I think our biggest problem was this guy. <laughs> I think, you know, the, the secondary and the defense. I think that was the biggest issue. That's where everybody's attention should have been at um, this whole year. I said everything, everything was Jared Goff this, Jared Goff that. Oh, we need a quarterback. Oh, we need a quarterback. Demon, we need a cornerback. That's what we need, a cornerback. Um, shit. I don't know, man. I, I, I know they're upgrading. If they upgrade, what is Jeff chances after that? I don't know. Because uh, he, if they upgrade, is he going to be able to upgrade? Probably not. Like, say if they get a stud here. Say if they trade for Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey comes in. He's now your number one corner. Where does that leave Jeff? Is he beating? Is he beating either Mike Hughes or or if they bring back Mike Hughes too? They bring back Mike Hughes and, and um, Jacobs. Jerry, Jerry Jacobs. Is he beating those guys? He's not better than them. Find out. Find out in the off season. He's not better. Find than out them. next year. Yeah, but and then all right. So then they go to training camp, and then now he's fourth on your depth chart because he does not beat up those guys. Then what? Get rid of him. Change the scenery. Then Trade have, him. Then, 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 then at that point, Tyler's theory is, is, is correct. You know, I think you ride with him. You ride with I think you ride with him no matter what. Because and have him play special teams or something. Bad death or whatever. I think you're. I think they're gonna ride him. I don't think they're gonna give up on him. Um, I think. I mean, does like he want said, that? Do you think he wants to be a fourth corner on a team? I, I think he wants to earn his right. And I think he's a competitor. I don't think he shies away from competition. But how do you earn your spot if you get hypothetically Jalen Ramsey or Marshawn Lattimore and you're competing with Jerry Jacobs and Jerry Jacobs has more trust in the staff and wins the job? I mean, we'll see what happens. If he beats out Jacobs, then yeah, that's a big coup to say him that he would really have to earn it. But like, you would have to show me a lot to outplay Jerry Jacobs, which we haven't seen yet. So I'm not going to completely write it off, but it would have to be a lot. To, you have to remember too. This is like his first like healthy off season, other than his rook coming coming out of the draft. It really is. He could actually work <laughs> on his craft. Malcolm faded away. <laughs> That's fine. He could fade away. He ruptured his Achilles last year. The previous year he was on IR. This is so his did first Jerry Jacobs. So did Jerry Jacobs, man. I'm, I'm tired of Achilles. excuses, man. So did Jerry Jacobs. Okay, it's an, okay. I'm just saying. And the dude I'm was tired. a UDFA. Yes, he was not the number three overall pick. I'm just saying. Yeah, I mean, yeah. This the, is the, the injuries, all that. This we got. This is this is about to be your four for this kid, man. Brad Holmes basically called it his rookie year, though. Not me. The fucking GM did. He said they I, expected I, these ups and downs I, with him. I, I get he, it. The GM said it. I didn't say the GM said it. I, I know. The GM with your football the GM team is said not. It. Gonna, he's not going to put him on the throw him on the bus either. He yeah. also wouldn't have said that. This is like this was like his rookie year if he didn't believe that. Like I don't think Brad Holmes just bullshits. I think when he talks. Him and Campbell, they're actually honest. They're not like, you know, Matt Patricia used to bullshit us. Those yeah, guys have, are actually you, honest. You're going to have some gentleman. He's not going to completely say Jeff sucked or he doesn't have trust in Jeff. He's not going to say that. He's on the no, roster at the end of the day. But he could have said, like, we expected more out of Jeff or whatever. He didn't say it that. He said, we, we expected these ups and downs out of him. That's what he said. I don't, I don't know, man. Actions will speak louder than words. What they do in the offseason, we'll yeah, how, we'll how, how, they, how they try to upgrade the position – 
that's going to really speak to how they yeah. think of Jeff Okuda. We're talking too much about this corner, though. We got to get into the game, bro. Well, this goes into the game why Jeff Okuda wasn't playing. I know, but like, we should save this talk for the offseason with corners. This is the offseason, how Jeff Okuda was not playing in this football game. But we haven't really mentioned the Packers, though. We've just been talking about Okuda the entire time. Well, we'll talk about that. I'm just saying that. But this, this, this has to go with it. I mean, this whole thing was, you know, was Jeff, was his injury, was, was it that much? And I mean, that's a question that we're going to find out probably, or probably never find out. Um, it was just, it was just weird. It was just one of the worst situations to me because, like you said earlier, like you just named 10 people who are battling through injuries and still got them played. It either happened on the game or happened before the game. They're talking about they've been hurt all year and now they're getting surgery in the offseason and they just, that, that's what that's what made me raise that question, like because the last game prime time, damn it, every player want to play that game. And it was just like, was it that was his injury was his elbow injury that bad to keep him completely out? Pierre said yes. Tyler said maybe. I say maybe. I mean, I, I don't know. Well, I'll say this: Lions defense did not miss a beat without him. They played very well versus Aaron Rodgers. And uh, quarterback situation, if you want to talk about that, who was Jeff's replacement, wasn't necessarily very pretty. They had a mix of Hughes and Amani, and uh, Rodgers was picking on Amani a little bit, but they were able to make plays in the day and not let it be a huge weakness because at the end of the day, they only gave up 16 points defensively. So they played pretty well. Pass rush was there. Aiden Hutchinson had a phenomenal game. The commish, John Kaminsky, who was going to be a lion for life, had a great game. <laughs> I like how you threw that in there. John Kaminsky, hmm. man. He's a lion for life, dude. He, he, he is a true – that's a guy. Look, at that's a Dan Campbell guy. John, John Kaminsky, Aiden Hutchinson, Jerry Jacobs, Isaiah Bugs. He's a, he's a coming for agent. That's a, these are Dan Campbell football players, man. You know what? I, I, I agree with you as far as that because – those guys, you, you know, like you look at John Kaminsky. John Kaminsky was with the Atlanta and the Falcons. Played three years. In those three years with Atlanta Falcons, that man had one and a half sacks in three years. One and a half sacks in three years. He comes here and, you know, AG gets him in the right position this whole year to be a stud pressure guy. He, he had four sacks this year, which is more than he did his whole career combined. Um, so, yeah, man, I, I look at those guys as Dan Campbell guys. Like, he, he, those guys are great stories, too, man, because they came from, you know, struggling, probably trying to figure out where they belong in the league. Like, those guys, like, they did, like, they had to question themselves. Going to, like, year four or five and you haven't produced as much, you, you start to question yourself. Do I belong? Is this, like, man, I used to be dominant in college. Now I'm in the league. I, I haven't done anything. Like, do I belong in this league? You know, you start asking yourself that question. And then now you're here, and then you start to produce. And then now you're like, wow, you know, this the staff, the, 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 the scheme, they're getting me right. So, yeah, those guys are definitely dead camera guys, man. Yeah, we, we, have, we have some other guys, too, that we maybe thought early on the season weren't Dan Campbell guys, like a guy like Deshaun Elliott who got benched and it looked like he posted something on his Finsta, as the people say these days, as a backup, his burner account uh, of how he needs to get the hell out of Detroit. Don't know how true. I can't confirm or deny that, but Baltimore fans say that was true, whatever, right? But we saw him get benched in that New England game, and then ever since that benching, he's really embodied the team and has played really, really well and even raises the question if he's going to be here next year. He said he he said that benching actually like he needed it kind of like looking back at it he said he needed it 
And I think when you look at uh, Deshaun Elliott, Tracy Walker's coming off a torn Achilles. You have Ifatsu Melifana, which we don't really know what he is yet. Uh, you have Kirby Joseph, who's a, who's a rising player. I think you, you bring back Elliott. I, I mean, I don't know how much he's going to command. I don't think he'll command a lot because he just hasn't been able to stay healthy for a full season. And this year also proved that. He's a good player. I, I think they bring him back. No. I don't know at what cost, though. We'll see. I would, I would love him to come back. I mean, I think he played very well. Yeah, now, I think my he thing comes is, back. When Does you it create a logjam? My thing is, is, when you have all these guys, and this is probably going into another topic right now, just going to offseason stuff, but just real quick, how did they figure this out? Who's going to be the – who's a projected starter? Who do you think is going to be the two starting safeties next year? Kirby and Tracy went healthy. I would agree with that. Kirby and Tracy? Went healthy. I mean, that's where the money's invested in. Kirby's their young guy, third-round pick, balled out here towards – like a little down the stretch here. And then Tracy Tracy's Walker their is their heartbeat of the defense. I mean, so – are you talking I about moving Tracy like more into like the box and have Kirby? Well, they with the split defense, you have to be able to do all of it: nickel, box, and like obviously deep. So I think they're just they're interchangeable. Honestly, obviously Kirby's a better center fielder, this and so is. is Tracy. But they could both play in the box if they need to. They could both tackle. Like Kirby, oh, yeah. we saw Kirby's weakness coming out was tackling. It wasn't a weakness this year. I don't know what like some switch came on. We you call him Kirby Hitstick Joseph, right? Oh yeah, yeah so yeah, yeah, I have no I have no, no question about his, his tackling ability. So yeah, I mean you you can play him anywhere you want. Nickel uh, in the box, deep. Obviously his his best trait is playing that roaming the free safety role, playing deep. But he could do everything for that that you ask a safety to do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting. I mean. I think you just bring as many good players as you could bring. If they're invested, they're bought in, you make it work, right? Like, just just bring them all in and make it work. That's how I feel. If Elliot's willing to come back, get him at a good contract, I think you find a role for him. Yeah, I think the core, definitely the core is going to be back. So I'm expecting a, a, a big handful of these guys to come back. I think it's going to be like probably like the same turnout as last season as far as like the guys we let go. And the guys we brought back, I think it's gonna be the same amount of turnaround, pretty much. Because we brought back probably like eighty five percent of the guys back. Yeah. Um yeah, they I think there's players they'll bring back, especially on the D line, those two guys you guys mentioned, Kaminsky and Bugs. I think they'll both be back. I don't think they'll either cost that much either. Um I think guys could get covered. Like, for example, that contract you gave to Brockers and Harris, maybe you give them to Kaminsky and Bucks combined, right? Like, you, you kind of do that kind of game. You get rid of those guys, give it to those. Like, it's a math game, kind yeah, of. And, and I think the, the guys that just want to come back, I don't think money's going to be an issue, man. I think they're just, they, they're bought in. They're already bought in. They're already bought into to, to what they're doing in, in Detroit. They, they see that we're in the breaks of, of something special and they want to be a part of it. And I don't think money's going to be an issue. I mean, yeah, you probably like have to do like give them a fair deal, obviously, with with like they're giving like their market value sort of that makes sense, like what the players were, not like lowball them. No, yeah, no, if no, you no, don't no. piss them off. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, what, did I Tracy, what, did, what did Tracy get? What did Tracy want? Eight mil a year, eight, eight mil, mil a year. Yeah, that he means- passed. He passed on more money from other teams. I like, could see that here as well with Kaminsky that, and Bugs and those yeah, guys. Because sure. you I know. Mean, that's how it is where you want to be somewhere. You, you, hey man, you would yeah. take less money to be somewhere where you want to be. Yeah, you already know what's going on. You already know the foundation. Yeah, you play your best football. 
Yeah, I mean, those guys, they they're gonna, they they really would take less money to come here and, and to, to play for Detroit. Yeah, maybe we see that with Anzalone, too. Uh, that's possibly the upcoming free agent. I think he had a really productive year. And then offensively, I think we could look at a guy like Jamal Williams, another upcoming free agent. I think the really interesting one to keep an eye on, a tab on is DJ Chark because this was a guy that took a one-year prove-it deal to kind of get that payday. So we'll see if the Lions are willing to bring him back and pay him or if he's going to go cash out. I wouldn't be shocked either way. Um, yeah, with him, it's kind of tricky because if you look at the receiver market, he's arguably the best receiver on the free agent market. Yeah, see, I, uh, I don't know if you guys have looked at I mean, there's some that maybe could be released, like Michael Thomas maybe could be released or traded. D-Hop's on the trade block right now. Yeah. But, like, he's the best free agent out there right now, in my opinion. I, I looked at it. The free agent market sucks this year. So, you know. So, you, you think somebody could, somebody could overpay for him is what you're saying? It I happens see, every yeah. year. It happens yeah. every year in free agency. You, you know what? I was actually looking at that wide receiver market, and for a while, I thought that Christian Kurt contract was hideous. And not he looking at well. it. Well, even then, just look at his contract is. He's like he's like the eleventh or twelfth paid receiver. Well, I mean, did you know who Christian Kirk was before? I mean, you knew who he was, but like he he was like a wide receiver three, wide receiver yeah. two at best on Arizona. I mean, now he's like a, a legit one, and yeah, yeah they made it work. Yeah, yeah that, that's why they paid him to be that wide receiver one. And they had faith in him. But eighteen million, well, you got you got eighteen million, right? Eighteen million, but you look at that guy's like. Tyreek Hill was getting quarterback money. Getting yeah, but, but those guys were proven. Christian Kirk was not proven at the yeah, time. No. That's what I'm saying. Like big difference for for a DJ Shark. What do you think will be the 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 the, the that that number to bring him back? Um, for me, if I, I could know. get him back at a similar contract I got him this year, I would absolutely do it. I just think he could get something more, and I could see him taking more somewhere else. I think he could get maybe, let's say, 15 to 18. Yeah, I think maybe he offers 13 or 14 a year. Maybe he'll, like, take a slight discount and come back. But I don't, I don't know, bro. Like, I don't know the way he is. I don't know. Because uh, yeah. it all matters where you go, who you play for. But money talks in the day, too. Like, it does. you're offering someone a bag, that's hard to pass on. And, and I really feel like is. he came here to kind of get that bag, if that makes sense. That's I feel like that's was his goal. It was a one-year prove-it deal. I think he wants to earn that bag next offseason. And I think... He kind of did that this year. He had a really good year. He had a good year, but again, like the issues with him have always been durability, right? Yeah. Injuries. I, I wouldn't he say he gets like a bag, bag, but like he can get like that Christian Kirk deal potentially. I think 15 to 18 mil is, is very reasonable. 15 to 18. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If somebody would, used him as yeah. like the number one, like say for example, if the New England Patriots who, who are dying for a number one receiver says, hey, look, we will pay you 18 mil. Which I mean, he's gonna be. Our, he he, he would be around. our number. He would be our number three here. Who? Shark. Shark. Yeah. I mean, it depends how they use it. I mean, I, I still like. I still want to see that. You know, him, Jamo, and Amon Ross St. Brown. It'd be awesome. Yeah. Obviously, that, that, but that, that, that was the dream. Is seeing them two. You know, having them two stretch the field and. Yeah. Amon Ross work the middle. That's that's why I'm, I'm hoping. I mean, if they can't bring him back. Hopefully, you could get another big body speeder to come in. Because those yeah. are kind of hard to find. Because he has size and speed. And he has had a good report of golf. Well, they kind of got it clicking at the end of the year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you look at those JMO and St. Brown, man, that's so fun to think about. You, They're literally opposite receivers that complement each other so well. And then 
like let's say even if i think Reynolds is a good wide receiver three right like if he's the wide receiver three next year i'm fine with they'll probably draft another guy too like i, I don't know if they could bring back truck i think they want to and i think the way they structured his contract they they think they could bring him back and the, obviously the way they structured it remember they gave two dummy years basically it was a three-year deal but those two last years are voided that basically signaled that they were probably looking to resign him so we'll see what they do it's a tricky situation obviously yeah was it, was it a one-year deal? Was it, you said they had two years? In, uh, they, it was a three-year deal with two years being voided, like for cap purposes. So he's not, they gave him a signing bonus. They counted that money in, in this year and next year. So he has a dead cap hit right now, and he's under contract for like the upcoming season and the following season after that. So Are you, are you, sure, are you sure on that? 100%. I thought it was a one-year, $10 million deal. It's a one-year, $10 million deal, but he has three years. To, he, they added two dummy years to uh, for his signing bonus. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. So they pushed yeah, back the signing bonus. For purposes. Okay, yeah. But he's on restricted free agent, though. Yeah, he's a restricted agent. That's what I said. Yeah. Yeah, I, I thought you meant like we still had him under contract. Yes, we are going to be paying him for the next two years. I see what you yeah, mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, they, they gave him a prorated bonus of uh, – 8.965, they spread over three years, and but he's only under contract for one year. Yeah. So he has two dummy years. That's interesting. I've never seen that before. Oh, I th- okay, yeah. That That's why people call it Barry Holmes a genius for only having him like a six mil cap hit or something <laughs> like that in the offseason. Wow. But then he's going to have a cap hit this year, even if he's on the team, and next year also. Okay. Yeah, so, la- la- so this season it was $4 million. Four. The next coming season's 5.9, so six. And then 2024 is... Two point nine, so three, basically. Yeah. So there you go. So yeah, that's what they did. No, yeah, that, that that's that's very that's 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 smart. Yeah, but um, Chark definitely, like you said, gained that trust, and you saw it in this game too versus the Packers. Obviously, the biggest play of the game, fourth and short opportunity, and the Packers season. Jared Goff goes to this guy, DJ Chark. So I, I would love to bring him back if we can get him back at a reasonable contract. Absolutely, but. We'll see. That that's going to be an interesting sweepstakes to keep up with in the offseason for sure. Here's a problem: when you have good players and lines are starting to have good players, you can't pay everyone. You can't. Yeah. And the and the good problem is that you have to is your GM could fucking draft. So mm-hmm. that's what the Rams would do. They like guys walking free agency. They would let their third, fourth round, fifth round guys play a lot, and they they ball out and they become really good role players or good players for them. And they just keep cycling through, keep going and going and going. Yeah. I see this year they dealt with a shitload of injuries, but yeah, go ahead. And, sorry. and, and also, you can get a compensatory pick for DJ Chark most likely too if he walks. Maybe because I do feel like the Lions are going to sign someone big in the offseason. They're going to spend at least on a position, so that depends. I could cancel it out. Is, we'll is, it, is it any position or is it, is it the same position where it's any like okay, say like you lose a player, like let's say like. Let's say three years, 30 mil, for example. You sign another player's three years, 30 mil, or three years, it kind of cancels out. Okay. So even if it's like on the other side of the ball, say it was like we lose Shark, but we sign a defensive corner. I believe so, yeah. If I'm not mistaken, okay. I think so. I'm not 100% okay. sure, but I believe I, I so. thought it was the other way around. I thought I might be wrong, too. I'm not 100% positive. I thought it's like if you don't replace that guy at the position. That's what I thought. That's what I always thought, but I might be wrong, too. Um, We'll, we'll confirm. Yeah, we'll, I'm not sure. we'll confirm episode. it yeah. our next episode, guys. So just yeah, we'll, we'll confirm. Yeah, but, but I, yeah, I know there's a possibility that they, it could cancel out. They could, yeah. I, I could see that. But yeah, Chark was good in this game and made a big play. Um, yeah, I, I think that would be really exciting, though, to see him, J Mo, and, and St. Brown for sure. That, that'd be really cool to see. 
That was the dream, man. And then, like, they even post for pictures, like, and that was a dream. But we'll see what happens, man. Hopefully, hopefully we can see, man. We we'll get that. Speaking of JMO, I was gonna say you gotta talk about JMO almost having a huge touch on that game versus the Packers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what what ha- what happened? Matt Nelson held the shit out of that guard or that. What the hell? Or was it like a hands to the face? Hands to the face or. Ooh, no, that, that was the whole, Kaminsky was the hands in the face for the Kirby pick. Oh, that was a Kirby oh, pick. Okay, so right, this, this, yeah, this right. was a, the, the holding. Play. It was it was a very bad it hold. Matt, it was Matt Nelson. It was Matt Nelson because they went to that big Matt boy Nelson package. Had, uh, Matt, Matt Nelson was playing tight end. Yeah, yep. The extra lineman, you know, these extra, eligible, extra whatever. Lineman. He was eligible. Yep. God damn it! Oh, that was so awesome, man. So awesome, dude. And that's crazy. That's crazy how he was. He caught it, was stumbling, almost lost his footing. And they picked up his speed right back and still burnt everybody. Oh, he's. There was, I mean, there was another play too where like Goff was hesitant to throw it, and JMO was so pissed. Like he beat you saw the safety, him kind yeah. of pissed on the side. He, J, I don't know. Goff just was like, I don't know if he didn't see him or he don't want to throw it. Yeah, he, he got. Pressure. I don't know he what threw it was, the ball in the dirt. He threw the ball in the dirt. I mean, yeah, look at that play, play though. You look at that play. He could have hit JMO, man. Could have. That, that's it is a, what it is, though. It's just a chemistry thing. But then yeah. I tweeted. I was messaging with some friends. I was like, man, the Packers are having trouble with the deep ball because JMO was open. I was like, let's try JMO again. And then like two plays later, they try that. They try a similar play, but it was to Raymond instead of JMO. That I was, was like, beautiful. that was a beautiful. That was probably like, like you said, probably one of golf's best throws. If I said the Lions, but maybe his best throw in his career, honestly, that was a heck of a throw. There was a really nice throw he threw in with the Rams when he threw the cook. Oh, okay. He that shit like 60 yards. Let's say just with the Lions then, because I don't I don't watch all the Rams games. I'm not going to lie. I mean, yeah. we watch a lot of them on primetime, but I did not yeah, watch. Like, the, 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 I think that was a primetime game. But, um, yeah, definitely the Lions. That, that, and that should have been a touchdown. I mean, I get it why you don't challenge it. You're on the one-yard line. doesn't matter anyway. You trust the offensive line. You trust uh, Jamal Williams scored an extra touchdown. Why even, you know, he was potentially down. burn the top? You think he was down? Yeah, I saw he was down. I looked at it again. His oh. knee was down. His knee was down before the before yeah. the ball. Okay. Yeah, he I was have, down. I, I have bad PTSD uh, on the one yard line after a big catch. I mean, <laughs> <fans>. I mean <laughs> like that was, that was a beautiful pass. That was a beautiful. It was right on the money. And he had fucking broken ribs too. Like that's just grit, man. I'm telling you, bro. Yeah, not like, literally grit. He's a guy that's going to be here next year too, and I'm excited for that. Yeah, he's one of the best returners in the league. Khalif Raymond, you look at his like average in yards. He's he's I think he's second or third. Yeah, I, I like him mistaken. a lot. He's he's a good football player. I love the role that he's in right now. Like he's not called on to be a starting receiver. They have him in certain packages. He's your punt returner. They're just getting the best out of him right now. I, I love this role that he's in right now. I'm not mistaken. I believe he was second in yards with receivers. I think so. I think the second most catch on the team after St. Brown. Behind yeah, St. Brown, yards too as well, I believe. So, um, man, I like Raymond. He's like a Swiss Army type player. He's good on special teams. He he does a little of everything for you. He's like a player you want on your team. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I, I mean, majority. Like I said, I think at least eighty-five percent of these guys are are going to be our core players that they're going to bring back. Yeah, I think we're going to bring back majority of those guys. Raymond's one of them. He's already on the contract. He's under contract. contract. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, yeah, they paid him last year. Maybe they extend him, lower his cap, give him some more guaranteed money. I mean, I could see them doing small things like that, extending guys to a year or two, lowering their cap hits. 
or just restructuring some deals. I don't know. I'm not a fan of restructuring deals though, but he, we'll he's see. the he's the best like wide receiver four five special teams player. Like that's you know, you really can't ask for much more out of him. And the country that he's out in right now, there's no complaints. You're, you're keeping uh, yeah, here. he's he's good. He's a good player. For sure. Yeah. And you saw that connection. Golf Golf built a good rapport with all these guys throughout the season, and that's that was really encouraging to see. We already knew the Reynolds and Golf connection, but you saw the Golf and St. Brown connection take another level. You saw the Golf and Chark connection build throughout the season, and I think in the offseason we'll for sure see that Golf and JMO connection for sure build throughout the summertime, and we'll see that going into training camp. So just to see Golf make these connections, being able to fight through adversity. It's encouraging, man. And I think that's why people are encouraged with him as the quarterback going forward. And even Brad Holmes, Peter, you want to mention what Brad Holmes said about golf at the end of the season? Hey, man, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, he basically, like, I'm just going to, like, kind of, like, paraphrase. He basically said he's their quarterback right now. Like, he's he's their guy. They believe in him. He said he never viewed him as a bridge. He said a lot of people did, but he never viewed him as a bridge. Um, he said his statistics were he was like a top 10 quarterback. Look at every category. And then Campbell also said, we're not eight and two without Jared Goff playing the way he's played down the stretch. And when you look at the numbers, I mean, 29 touchdowns, seven picks. What was it? How many yards? Like 45, 4,600 yards or something like that. I forget the exact number of yards, but I mean, he played like a top 10 quarterback. And if the Lions were legitimate contenders, he'd be in the MVP conversation. Yeah. So I think we could officially put to bed any veteran quarterback coming in here in the offseason. And I think we can most likely count out a round one quarterback, whoever's available at that pick six. I don't know who's going to be there available, but I think, I'm not going to say officially put it to bed, but I think it's almost to bed. Yeah. Um, I would say veteran quarterback, like if you sign a good backup. Well, I meant as a starter. Oh, like a starter. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I'm with you there. Yeah, I'm with you there for sure. I don't think they're taking a quarterback. And the way Brad Holmes was talking about, he basically said we need to fix this 30-second defense. Yeah. <laughs> I think they're going to invest a lot of resources into this defense. Um, as they should. Absolutely. As, I agree. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's the right philosophy, in my opinion, as well. Yeah. And one thing we saw with Brad, too, is what gives me confidence is, like, the offense had some weaknesses, and, and he fixed them, like, right away. Like receiver. Do you um, remember? The, I think. Hold up. Backtrack. Do you remember the situation Brad Holmes came in with as far as receivers? Kenny Galladay was, was a free agent. Marvin Jones was a free agent. Oof. And Paul Agnew was a free agent. Paul Agnew was a free agent. Who else? Who else do we have? Oh, Danny Amendola, free agent. He came yeah. in with nothing. He came. He nothing. came in with Tom Kennedy when he took the job. I mean. Just look at this. D-line is one of the hardest things to fix, right? I don't say they, I want to say they fixed it, but shit. You have players that are going to be here for a while. Aline McNeil, mm-hmm. James Houston, Aiden Hutchinson, all young guys, all playing like Pascal too. really good. Pascal, he's, he's we haven't seen much from him yet, but he's shown flashes, right? All these young guys that like that are producing, man, that's so fun to have. Like we haven't had that since the Sue Fairley, Ansa, Averill days, man. It's been like shit. 2000 what six five five seven years something like that yeah well, maybe no longer than that i'm tripping like eight nine years yeah i i, I can't wait till may when, when this roster is officially like all structured like the main part of its structure and we're going to compare when brad holmes took over this team compared to what it's going to be by may of 2023 it's going to be fun it's going to be fun to watch <laughs> and what's more impressive bugs and kaminsky were like additions uh like training camp additions kind yeah. of right B- bugs came in for i believe 
when Pennis Senior retired. Yeah, they're like, let's try him out. And everyone's like, oh, he's a camp body, whatever. And yeah. he shuts everyone up and just falls out. Like, he started low and just worked his way up to the depth chart. John Pennison. What a name same, that is. <laughs> same, with, same with Kaminsky, right? Like, people were saying, and Atlanta fans were like, yo, this guy's not good. He sucks, whatever. Even Atlanta, like, beat writers were saying that. Like, he's not the best player. Atlanta did a good job moving from him. And then he comes to Detroit, the switch just comes on. Coaching matters, man. And this staff could coach. They could develop. I really think, like, I really believe a lot of people were out, were, like, destroying AG. Like, bro, just be patient. Like, he doesn't have a lot to work with. When you actually look at the roster, they're the youngest defense in the NFL. Like, you're not just going to be, like, go from 32 to, like, 15 like that. It takes time. You have to be patient with the squad. And, I mean, AG kind of hinted at it. He's like, look, the personnel. Like, he didn't flat out say it in his presser, but... It was there for the Bills. Like we're gonna try to do it with the Pills, but we don't have their personnel. That's how we kind of set it. So once once they add more talent, more veterans, they need some veterans now. They have their young guys. They need to add some dogs, some like vets, right? Once they do that, I think we have a good mixture of veterans, good mixture of young guys. That that's that's what winning football teams are doing right now. Yeah, and then obviously offense is already pretty much in place right now. You got the O line, quarterback, and two starting receivers. You believe. Well, at yeah, least for yeah. sure one with Amon Ron and Jameson Williams is going to be that too. For sure. I think the offense is like – I mean, there's like maybe maybe a guard, maybe another – crinkles, back. yeah. Yep. Maybe add some receiver depth. But, yeah, I think you're pretty good there. Yeah. All right. You guys want to do oopsie doopsie ball of the week and head out of here? Yes, well, we before can. that, I want to give a shout-out to Malcolm because he said the Lions have to stop the run. And when you look at the Packers, they average, what, 3.7 yards a carry? So Detroit did a pretty good job against run. They didn't, like, run all over us. And shout-out to Malcolm. He was, like, fucking just uh, on that take, all week. Take it away, man. Yeah, man. Uh, thank you. Thank you for that, man. Yeah. And um, another I think uh, before we go to Oopsie Doopsie Ball of the Week, I think another key about this game, um, the Packers game, you know, leading up to this game, when you're on that four-game winning streak, their defense was really – I think a defense turned the corner and the defense was playing really well and they're creating a turnover, at least one turnover every single game. Um, the Packers came in this game and got zero turnovers. So that's another huge plus by our offense and taking care of the football. Um, no turnovers again. Against a defense that was causing turnovers like crazy um, in the, the past four games. So that's another huge plus. I was trying to look for um, Aaron Rodgers stats in the fourth quarter because I saw I heard it was disgusting I think it was like two for six or some mess like that with one pick and I don't remember the exact yardage I was trying to look for it but I couldn't find it no more but yeah his stats in the fourth quarter was, was disgusting <laughs> yeah. Aaron Rodgers to say yeah so so yeah. I mean just a big credit to the Lions offense in general for not having turnovers fewest turnovers in the NFL with only 15 all year which is you know, and, and a lot of those were early in the year, too. Yeah. A lot of those were early in the year when golf was fumbling the ball or throwing some picks when he didn't have the rapport with these receivers or we had some injuries and whatnot. So, you know, really impressive with the a few amount of turnovers they had all year. For sure. I'll take that. I'll take that any day of the week, man. I think that's, yep. that's important. That's, that's, that's probably like one of the most important stats to me. I'll take that over flashiness, mobility. If you're mobile, I'll take that over anything. Just take care of the football. If you have a quarterback that can take care of the football, I can ride with that guy. And yeah. they were able to do that. So that, that that's, that's awesome. And that's yeah. why I think people changed their minds on golf was because of how clean he was playing. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, the, the first game she was throwing pick sixes left and right. I was like, <laughs> damn, like what's going on here? Like, is he our guy? And then 
he shuts us up. So he did. He did. Yeah. Well, now we're all riding. I think now we're all in the same boat on Jared Goff, which is my, my, my I have to buy a, a QB sixteen jersey now. We'll see. About yeah. See, I, was gonna buy one, I was gonna buy one early. You guys started. You guys stopped me. I did stop you. Our <laughs> new jerseys, new jerseys coming out next year. That's why. That's why. That's yeah. why. Oh, well, that's, okay, got you. That's uh, uh, that, that, that was not my reasoning. <laughs> Why'd you get a golf? Damn, bro, we're trying to be nice here. Damn. <laughs> I just bought you a jersey last year. I was with you guys. I bought my Hutchinson jersey, that the, the road whites. Yeah, yeah, you did. Yeah. All right. Oopsie doopsie of the week. Play a sad song for you on the world's smallest violin. Easy one right here. That bastard number 12 on Green Bay. He's absolutely the oopsie doopsie week. All that shit he was talking back in week nine. All that shit he was talking leading into the week. Just not giving the Lions any credit, it felt like. He didn't clearly say it, but like it just was hinting at it. It went down his press conference after the Rams game. Oh, one of those teams are over 500 right now. Yeah, shut up. You're the oopsie doopsie week. You lost twice to this team. You're washed. You're out of here. Get out of here, bucko. Oopsie doopsie week, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Him walking out of the tunnel is the most satisfying thing I think I've ever seen. It's funny, man, because, uh, you know, look, going leading into this week, he was, he was willing to, have a, uh, to talk to anybody. He was willing to do shows, talk to people, say how, yeah, we're, we never, we're never out, you know? He didn't even want to show up to Pat McAfee show today. <laughs> he was at my A. He didn't show up to the Pat he show? Did, he did not show up this week for the Pat McAfee show. <laughs> oh, I didn't know about that. <laughs> he he just need he's needs he's need a breather right now. He, need a breather, he, need a, he needs a breather right now. I mean, shit. The Lions were after his ass. He, he don't want to talk about nothing right now. Probably don't want to answer any questions or what happened here. And, uh, I don't know. He doesn't want to answer those questions. He's probably tired of it. So he probably just needs a little break. He'll probably be back next week. I don't know. But he wasn't there today. I can tell you that. Nice. I didn't know that. All right. Pierre, I tried to guess this ball of the week in the pre-show. He gave me zero hints. He said if I guessed it right, he would tell me. I did not guess it right. Thought I had some good educated guesses. So I'm interested to hear this one. Pierre, who's your ball of the week? It's Dan Campbell. Oh. I thought you were going to do something crazy. <laughs> I mean, okay. I was going to say the Detroit Lions as a team, but I think it's Dan Campbell in general. He, the message was to the team at the beginning of the week, if we're not going, they're not going. Basically saying, if like even if we're eliminated, we're still not going to let them go to the playoffs on national television. Right? And, and the way they all played and the way they were prepared and the gutsiness during the game, the calls he made during the game, I agreed with all of them. At first, I was kind of questioning his clock management on down the stretch there, but then it looked good, like what he did. He left no time on the clock, would click the field goal and went into halftime or whatever it was. I forgot what it was, but um, I, I think he was he was great all game. The players were great. They were prepared. Uh, so Dan, Dan Campbell is the baller of the week. All right. Well, it's the last game of the last game of the year. So who is your baller of the year? Can we like do this on the next episode? Okay, we can save it. I put you. I put you under the spotlight. I, 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 yeah. No, that was that was messed up on my end. All right, we'll talk about that next episode. Baller of the year. Oopsie doops of the year because I don't have one right now either. I have to think. About. Actually, I might have one. No, we'll save it. We'll save it. All right, guys. Hope you guys all enjoyed. Leave a five star review and just a quick hint. Um, who that oopsie doops of the year could be? It might be someone we talked about earlier in the year or earlier in this podcast, but. We'll save, we'll, save, we'll save that. Um, guys, peace. 
All right, guys, I'm out. Uh, I'll see you guys next week. Peace. All right, y'all. It's your boy Malcolm, and I am out. Peace. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.